Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello, everybody. So glad that you joined us today for another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. There are some people who I invite onto the show because I really feel that they're going to make a difference and impact their story. Their story is going to be impactful to the audience. And Vivian Cobb is one of those people. Um, Vivian is the founder of Vivian Cobb Speaking. She shares stories of resilience. Her mission is to help others through their trials and tribulations. She's got a fantastic community that she's building. She's also building a course on embracing your emotions and learning how to process them so you can move forward in life. So I am so honored to have her on the show. Thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to be here today. Oh, thank you for coming. I've been looking forward to our interview for a long time. So I'm, it's so great to finally meet you. Yeah, yeah. we definitely are kindred spirits. Uh, <laughs> we knew that right away f- from the first text almost. So yes. that's cool. That's really nice to meet somebody who gets it. Uh, (laughs) yeah I I feel the same way in a you know a little different story but yeah I feel the same way um if you could we'll dive right in and maybe you could tell us a little bit about the story of how you got to be where you are today what is your story that you want to share with everyone uh sure you got that kind of time I'm kidding (laughs) Well, we'll make let's time. see, where do I begin? What I think the most recent thing, I mean, you know, there are so many stories out there of people coming from challenging childhoods and whatnot. And I definitely fit in that category. Both of my parents were alcoholics. My mother was um, mentally ill on top of that. And so it was a, it was a very trying childhood emotionally. Uh, And then, of course, that unfortunately leads to not the best decisions with relationships. We tend to attract, uh, uh, you know, unhealthy people because we come from an unhealthy background. Of course, all of this is unconscious and whatnot. So I've I've had a, uh, a marriage that ended in divorce and those sorts of things. But the reason I am here where I am today, I... I was a single mom for for most of my uh, adult life and my children's lives, and I was struggling. I had three children. Uh, I was working two jobs, and I was just, you know, barely hanging on, like most, like like some single parents, not most, but some, and just really trying to make ends meet and and whatnot. 
had given up on ever finding love again and, and that sort of thing. And lo and behold, I look at him as my Prince Charming. He, he came into my life um, and it was love at first sight. We were, we were kindred spirits. We were very much in love. He was a very wealthy man. And we, he took me from, you know, working two jobs and just barely scraping by into this incredible life of luxury. And I had a 10,000 square foot house and we had a condo in Florida. I mean, it was just, it was a Cinderella story. It really was. Uh, and then he invested me in um, real estate in Florida right, right before 2008. And we all know what happened in 2008. The big crash came and Florida was one of the hardest hit states um, where the value of real estate went down as much as, uh, you know, 40 cents on the dollar. And he then, instead of, because he had always been extremely successful entrepreneur and, and his, his work was going in and taking things that were in distress and turning them around for a profit, he just thought that that was going to happen again uh, with the real estate. And so he put his money, he, he went through his cash, trying to keep afloat all the real estate that he invested in. Well, then he got cancer and it was three and a half weeks from diagnosis to death. He had a uh, colon cancer and he had had it for a long time, but uh, he didn't have any symptom, you know, no pain, anything like that. So by the time he got so bad, you know, dying and we got him to the doctor, it was, you know, it was all throughout his body at that point. And he, he lived another three weeks. So, uh, and then at that time I found out because he hadn't shared with me just how dire things were financially. So I found out while he was laying in the hospital that I, I had $5,000 in the bank and that was it. And our house payment, and he had leveraged everything trying to keep, you know, everything afloat. And so our house that had been free and clear now had a mortgage on it that was five months behind. We were in foreclosure. I mean, it, financially, I was devastated and I was losing the love of my life all at the same time. Uh, so when he died, I was left with the biggest mess uh, you can imagine. Um, creditors wanting money, millions of dollars of real estate being foreclosed on. It was just, it was incredible to watch and to live through. Uh, and I had three children and three stepchildren all looking to me for guidance and strength. And so I had to hold it together uh, and not really have a chance to grieve him in the beginning because I was so busy trying to deal with the mess. So a few years went by and I finally got to the point where I could start looking at my feelings and I had to see, I had to realize that I was just the angriest, most <laughs> unhappy person. <laughs> um, and it was because I hadn't dealt with anything. And if you don't deal with your emotions, they, they don't go away. You can maybe stuff them down but for a while, but they will come back and they will bite you. <laughs> and usually in the most inopportune times. And I just started to fall apart. I just, uh, I got the estate squared away. I started rebuilding my life. I had a place to live. 
um, but my kids were were struggling and I was trying to help them and I was just inside I was falling apart and I just didn't know how long I could hang on and it wasn't until I just stopped and listened to myself and saw the anger and the anguish and the grief that I had not dealt with and decided to actually lean into it, run towards it instead of run away from it, that I actually started to feel better. And it was a very lonely journey because people don't understand, especially compound grief, which means you lose several things at the same time, not just a person. And grief can, grief can, yes, we think of grief as losing a person, but it also means losing your job or losing your home or whatever. We grieve all, all those losses. And so- um, Our health as well. I, oh, absolutely. We grieve. And, and look, at it, look at our situation right now, our, our culture. I mean, there's so much loss around us right now. We're all grieving. We're grieving the fact that we can't go to the bar and have a drink with our friends and, you know, and go to the movies and go dancing. And, you know, you, you grieve all of that, right? So uh, I looked at that and I decided I needed to deal with it. Um, I'm very lucky having had an alcoholic background that I didn't turn to those kinds of things. A lot of people will numb their pain um, through all kinds of different ways. It doesn't have to be chemicals. It can be shopping. It can be sex. It can be working. It can be all kinds of, you know, working out at the gym too much. For <laughs> I mean, me, there's eating. all kinds of ways to numb your pain. <laughs> yes. But the only way, in my opinion, to get through it and to get better is to run towards it. Dive in, dive into those waves of grief and deal with it and so that you can come out the other end better, stronger, and ready to move forward in your life. And that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> but you've come so far. Yeah, it's, you know, the other day I was listening to someone who found out that their best friend um, has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And she apologized for crying. And I said to her, deal with it, deal with it now. Let yourself feel if you want to feel angry, if you want to feel sad, if you want to feel ripped off, if you want to feel whatever you want to feel, don't hold it in. Because that is one of the worst things that you can do. And at the time, whether it's because, you know, like in your case, you were going through so many things at once, you didn't really have the time and your thoughts are all over the place. I can't even imagine like one loss is horrifying, but to have all those things change, I can't imagine how you went through that. And I'm, I'm so sorry that you felt that you had to go through that alone as well, because people don't understand unless you're in the situation. But sometimes we do it to protect ourselves too, right? Well, like with any, when it, with any trauma, we just shut down because we're like, well, if I don't think about it, it's going to go away. And like you, I waited 10 years to grieve my dad and my life fell apart. And those 10 years were wasted years of anger and sadness and frustration. And I couldn't figure out why, because when you don't uh -huh. give yourself permission and you suppress and you avoid things, it makes things so much worse. That's why I really appreciate your message because I think more people need to know that it's 
that you need to deal with things as they come as hard as they are. It will be so much harder if you wait. Exactly. And the problem is, I, you know, we live in a culture um, that does not teach us to embrace our emotions. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. You know, go have a drink and uh, with your friends and everything will be okay. Or post your, you know, on Facebook, everybody's, you know, it's fake book because it's just the highlights, but there are the lowlights. And the truth of the matter is, you cannot experience true joy until you have experienced true sadness. We are That's emotional so beings. We are emotional beings. That's what humans are. And we need all of it. We need the entire experience to be complete. To, to I mean, our whole universe is based on on the yin and the yang, you know, the male, the female, the light, the dark, the good, the bad, the, you know, I mean, there is opposite to everything. And, and that includes our emotions. And it's so unrealistic to think that we should be happy all the time. That's, that's impossible. We need to feel the sadness to feel the happiness. And like your friend, and I have this whole thing about crying, uh, on my uh, three strategies to overcome emotional overload, one of my lessons is cr about crying. And crying is so important. And, and our culture from a very young age teaches us not to cry. Don't be a cry baby. You know, big boys don't cry. Uh, suck it up. That is the worst, absolute opposite thing that what we should be doing. We should be crying our eyes out when we need to cry our eyes out, just like we should be belly laughing and you know laughing as hard as we can when we need to do that too. And that's part of what I teach in my coaching that you need to embrace all your emotions, the good ones, the bad ones, all of it. And crying, oh my gosh, is so cathartic and therapeutic and it's a way to wash your soul, it, you know, your tears wash and cleanse your soul of the pain. And, and it's it just hurts me to think that people have to apologize for crying. That's ridiculous. You should embrace it. And, and part of the problem of the whole emotional thing is, is that people shut us down. Like you said, people don't understand what we've been through when we've gone through something catastrophic or trauma. They shut us down because they can't handle their emotions around what they're witnessing. They don't know how to be there for you. They don't know how to deal with how they feel. So I don't know if you experienced this. I'm sure a lot of your audience members have. And that is you lose friends. When you go through something, they are like, they can't be there for you. And, and that was the one of the biggest surprises and, and another compound loss during all of that. The people I thought were going to be there for me weren't. <laughs> yes. And then, people, and then people I had no idea would ever step up were right there for me. So it, it's just such an incredible process. But if we can learn to embrace our own emotions, then we can embrace the emotions of others. And that's how we connect. That's how we deal with each other. And uh, I, I use the example, you know, we love to listen to each other's stories. People love to see movies. They love to listen to podcasts. And 
um, all that because those are stories and stories elicit emotions in us and we can we can connect with each other on that emotional level because we are emotional beings and so that yes that is my mission is to go out there and teach people how to be in touch and how to process and embrace their emotions because until you can do that you're living half of yourself you're living half a life in my opinion and so is your family and oh, so yeah. is everybody around you everybody around you yep yeah exactly and if you can be vulnerable and you can show your emotions then that helps other people show theirs mm -hmm. i think our generation is is learning that it's not a weakness you know yes. yeah it's like what you were saying about some people turn to addiction and turn to because they feel so lonely you know that's another suppression of feelings when people are are reaching out for other things right and sometimes you don't have a choice you're backed into a corner and you don't know what to do so mm -hmm. it does lead to other things other issues other challenges and it just makes the the, the trip longer to healing mm -hmm. right you right. also talked about losing friends like I'm sure you've been told, you know, okay, it's been nine years, get over it. You know, we were just oh, talking yeah. about that. And that is so frustrating because everybody grieves in their own way. Mm -hmm. Whether you take, you know, two days to start the grieving process, or in my case, it was like 10, 11 years. When I walked into this grief counseling, I was, everybody had just lost somebody. And I was sitting there going, what am I doing here? Like, mm -hmm. I felt like a fool, you know, and then when it was my time to tell my story, I was like, uh, yeah, it's been like 10 years. I whispered it. Right. And they're like, well, good for you for being here because they got it. You know, mm -hmm. there is no timeline. So I wish people would stop saying that. You well, know? first of all, you'll never get over it. You'll never get over it. You'll get through it. And but it assimilates into who you are. You know, once you've experienced something like that, it becomes a part of who you are. And it, it actually enriches your experience as a human. And there are other cultures in the world where death and dying is just such a, an integral part of daily life, you know? But here in America and other, some other countries, you know, death is like, put into the ugly corner over Taboo. there <laughs> and we're not going to look at that. We're not going to deal with that, you know, and we're going to get over it right away and life's going to go on and everything's going to be hunky dory. And, and it's just not, it's just not reality. No. And you're right. Everybody has their own timeline and it's not fair to judge anybody on how long it takes them to, get to process what they need to process and get to a place where they can be comfortable. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you don't get over it. You get to a place where you can think about it and, and smile instead of cry your eyes out, you know, yeah. smile at the memory, smile at the, uh, that, at that, at those kinds of things, as opposed to let, having it tear you absolutely to shreds every time. Mm. So to me, that's progress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And to just feel lucky to have loved that person. Yeah. And to have been loved by that person. Yeah. And, you know, accept all their failures, all your regrets, all the things you didn't say, all of that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, mm -hmm. I, yeah, when I heard that that was the message that you were wanting to share, 
I was like, I've got to speak to Vivian because there's so many more people that need to hear this, you know? Well, and that's, um, I was telling you earlier, I'm starting a community called Emotional Safe Haven. And that community is for people because it's not that I, I was completely alone. I went to, I went, I had a therapist uh, that was very helpful and I had, and I did have a core group of friends that stayed with me through the process. And, but there, you know, you get to a point where you don't even want to be around your friends because you're, you know, you're such a downer. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh gosh, you know, they're going to all run away screaming when they see me coming. So you just, you know, you sort of have to even it out a little bit among. Like, <laughs> here comes people. Vivian again. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, boy, she's going to start about how sad she is. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm starting Emotional Safe Haven because I want to start a community of like-minded people, kind of like a like you would do immediately after, except for you, you did it 10 years after, but going to a grief group where you, where you have supportive people who are going through the same thing that you are going through. And even though it's been nine years for me, I'm now at a place where I can teach and talk about it. It took a long time, but I want to be there for people because people weren't there for me. Um, and I want to make sure that I have a community where somebody can go uh, and talk to somebody that they know will understand because the idea, you know, community is so important. We have, we have to support each other through, through our good times and our bad times. And to have, to have someplace, even if it's online, just, you can, type in a question or you can type in your thoughts and you can have somebody say, Oh man, I, I know how you're feeling. I've been there or, you know, I got you. Don't, you know, cry your eyes out if you need to, you know, somebody there to just know that you're supported. Mm -hmm. And that, like you said, you don't have to stay hidden. You don't have to pretend that you're, everything's okay when it's not, you don't have to, you can just be yourself and you can have your true feelings. Mm -hmm. I want a place like that for people. So I'm starting an emotional. That's safety. amazing. I love that. And you don't have to announce, Hey, I'm coming and everybody's running away. Cause we're all in the same group, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it's so true though. And how nice to have people who are going, having a good day. Yes. You know? And celebrate and the wins say, too. You know what? Go with it. But guess what? Tomorrow's another day and you're going to feel better. Just yep. to have that little tiny bit of encouragement. Oh yeah. Celebrate the wins with them and just Absolutely. support. And no matter how things, tough things are, I feel that when you're, that's what happened with me too. I, when you're in the community and you find the community, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, anything, it could even be a hobby that you're doing when you're surrounded by people or entrepreneurship or anything. Right. You feel like you belong to something and you feel like if, you're not alone in the journey. So you can learn from people, you can teach people. There's so much communication and rapport that goes back and forth that everybody wins, you know? And I just feel like when you find that community and you find that group, you don't experience loneliness anymore. Like, I don't know about you, but I can be in a room full of people and feel completely alone. And then I could have one person and not even have to speak to that person, but not feel lonely anymore. Right? right. So for me, the one big thing is I want to eradicate loneliness in the world. 
So I think that everybody goes through, of course, we all, we're all human, right? So we all go through difficult things, traumas, you know, you name it. We also go through celebrations and euphoria and all the great stuff that goes with that. Even if we experience the good moments alone, it feels lonely. It doesn't just have to be in the bad moments, you know? So if oh, we yeah. can get, yeah, if we can get rid of that, if we can get like, rid of... Like, like you know, I, you know, I don't yeah. have anybody in my life right now. I, I'd like to again. You know, I think I'm finally there where I'd like to. Uh, and, you know, if I'm traveling or I see something really pretty, it's, you know, it'd be nice to have some. And I think about that. I think, oh... And it'd be nice to have somebody to share this with. And yes, even though I'm having a really nice time and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and observing, there is that loneliness of, oh, it'd be really nice to have somebody here holding holding my hand and we're talking about it or, you know, whatever. Somebody so to I, experience. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody to just experience it with you, right? Or, right? or be there for the memory or be able to bring it up later and say, hey, remember when we were... And it doesn't mean we have to be around people all the time. It's not about that at all. But then no. we, we can choose whether we want to be alone and, and spend some time alone or whether we, you know, want to be with our significant others, right? But I just, even the great moments, even if you're a grandmother and your first grandchild is born, you want to be able to talk to somebody about it, you know? There's so many people out there, like, even with COVID, I was thinking the other day, like, all the elderly people that live alone, and they can't go anywhere and they have nobody to call like to just be able to do something and giving love is free right so you don't have to give money you can bring something to the door so they can eat or you can you know there's so many things that you can do and i think going through life lonely is there's nothing good about it we can change it mm -hmm. you know I and i love that group that you're the community that you're building because if that's all you're giving to people, that's everything. You know, having somewhere for people to go and connect. At the end of the day, know that no matter what kind of day they're having, they can turn to that community. I love, I love that you created that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about it. I really am. And, and the more I, I'm reaching out there and doing this, the more I'm meeting people like you. I mean, just incredible people who have incredible stories and you know my story's not the worst it's um i know people have had it had it a lot worse than me um and i but that doesn't matter it's not a competition it it, it doesn't matter what level you've your experiences our experiences are as individual and unique as we are as humans and everybody's their own unique person and you're gonna you know, you're going to experience grief. Like some people, you know, they're animals. Oh my goodness. You know, they're pets. I know a woman who had a kitty who just, I mean, she still cannot talk about that cat without losing it, but that's her story. That's her, that was her companion and her her way of not feeling lonely and and having that little that little kitty in her life and and there are so many people like that who lose lose their pets and and it's devastating to them. Um, loss can be can be in the form of anything and of course there's children. Oh my gosh, you know, it it's just it but it doesn't matter what your loss is. You you 
we all have the same feelings of grief and sadness and anger and all the, the to me grief is is an accumulation of every single human emotion possible because even in grief you can be laughing and and be joyful and remembering the good things and then the sadness comes in and then the you know anger comes in and you just are bombarded <laughs> and that's why they, i call it a wave you know and i know it's been called waves of grief you know that wave it's just got every emotion inside of it and you get hit with all of it at the same time and 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 that's what's so hard about it is just deciphering and and being able to deal with all of it and that's what i uh, that's what i want to help with and i sure. find that you don't have to cry like we're not telling people you have to if you're not the type of person that cries that's fine but when you're by yourself it's okay to feel whatever it is because a lot of people don't you know not everybody is experience yeah. things the same way. I know people who, who don't ever cry and men and women, you know, and things, but it doesn't mean they don't feel the same things, you know? So it's okay to just feel it the way that you need to feel it. Right. And I find that too, mm -hmm. health is another big one. I work in a medical office and you see a lot of people grieving, you know, perhaps they're, they've, be, they just found out they've become diabetic or they find out that, you know, even your glasses, like when I turned 45, I'm 48. When I turned 45, I went to the eye doctor and he's like, okay, you really need some reading glasses now. I grieve that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought I'm like 2020 vision here. What do you mean? You know, like anything yeah. like that, anything. If I go up a size and I'm like, oh my God, you know, but it's okay. And then, you know, like people say, get over it or whatever, but feel what you feel and then just move. It's all about, it's not just about grief. You know, it's all about just feeling what you feel, live in Absolutely. the, yeah, live in the moment because if you don't, those moments become bigger and your problems become bigger and just talk to anybody who's been there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like crazy. That is so true. Yeah. Absolutely true. It, it's not, it, it's, it's, and that's why I don't focus just on grief. Um, I, that's why I'm an emotional health coach. I, I focus on the emotions, whatever they're, whatever they are and whatever caused them doesn't matter. I think that was my point earlier. It doesn't matter. Um, we, we just, we have our different emotions and we need to deal with them so that we don't get stuck in them because somebody who's stuck in anger, they're going to, I mean, that's their filter. That's all they're going to see is everything through a filter of anger. The world's going to be an awful place. You know, their relationships are going to fall apart or they're going to be screaming at people that they shouldn't be screaming at because they're angry inside. It's in within them. And if they can get past that, if they can process their anger, figure out why they're angry and let it go. And then of course I'm huge on gratefulness and forgiveness journeys. Um, that's how we move forward is looking at what to be grateful for and looking at forgiving and forgiving is forgiving ourselves. At the end of the day, it's about forgiving ourselves for, for like you said, no, forgiving our regrets, forgiving how we treated somebody else, forgiving how we treated ourselves, you know? Um, and if we can just embrace that and let it go, then, then we can move forward in our lives Absolutely. and accomplish you know, what we need to accomplish in a positive way. 
and living in anger, it doesn't help anybody. It's, it's sad because you miss out, like life is so short and it's so precious, you know? And when you're living in anger, like I've done that, a lot of people doing that, you don't feel happy. You don't feel, oh, I'm being angry about this because you think if I'm angry, everybody will stay away from me, you know, and I don't have to feel anything. But you're hurting yourself more than anybody, but you're hurting the people around you. You're being selfish and not helping people around you. There's so many parts of anger, I think, um, you know, it's just tough. So Vivian, I just wanted to ask you. So on the other end, I know we talked about sometimes feeling like there was nobody who understood. So what kind of advice could we give the listeners today on the other end? So if you're that friend and someone you know is going through, like for example, what you've gone through or what I've gone through, what are some of the things that would be helpful that that person could do? Like, do they reach in? Do they give us time? Like from your experience, what do you think would be something that we could appreciate as a friend? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I do get asked that uh, quite a bit because people don't know what to say um, a lot of times. And like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times they have a lot of fear or because, because what they're witnessing that you're like, for instance, I was living my friend's worst nightmare, you know, losing their spouse, losing their house, losing their lifestyle, you know. And so they tend to stay away from you for that because they don't, like I said, they couldn't deal with their own emotions around that. But the people who can be be that person who can look past their own fear mm, <laughs> of, yes. uh, and, and be there for somebody else, uh, of course, one of the best things to do is not give unsolicited advice, like you'll get over it or things will get better. You know, I, we think those are helpful things to say, but they're really not because they're, they're not acknowledging our friends' feelings in the moment, right? A lot of times just being there and being quiet is the answer be available be available just let them talk just you know that was the best when when i had and and no judgment i i had friends that would come and just sit with me and just let me cry and let me just say what i was feeling and just gave me a hug and a shoulder to cry on and and that was all i needed because at the end of the day we got to solve our own problems we don't there, nobody can come in with a magic wand and make it all better. We have to make it all better within, within ourselves. But it is helpful to have people who, who, who can just be there for you. Um, and that that's, would be one of the th things, if, if you are capable of doing that, that is very helpful. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, give your friend permission to do whatever they need to do. Find out what they need. Ask, don't assume, because I find that sometimes that's when friends stop coming around is they don't know. So they don't ask either. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's important to say, Hey, you know, we grieve differently. What do you need? What can I do? You know, if you, if, 
you know, if you want me to go away, I'll go away. If you want me to make you some meals so you don't have to worry about it, you know, and if you don't know how to answer that question, that's okay too. Because when we're in that state, we don't always know what we need. Maybe it's the first time we're going through something and we don't know what we feel and we don't know, you know, but even if it's somebody that, you know, I'm going to yell for a while, just let me yell and don't take it personal. That's big. Like don't run away. You know what I say? I went, I once went into my car and I was just feeling like everything was hitting me at once one day. And I just, you know, I parked into this like remote area and I just screamed at the top of my lungs and it just felt good. And then I went back to my day, you know? So sometimes Uh you just need people, you know, and I had a good friend at work who's still a good friend. And I'm like, I just need to go do this right now. Like cover me. Right. And she was like, absolutely. You know, and bosses came around and said, where, where is Nelia? And she's like, you know what? She just needed to have a minute, you know? She didn't say, oh, she drove in her car and had, couldn't deal with her stuff. So, you know what I mean? And you need somebody that you can trust. You need someone that's not going to turn around and say, oh, my God, she's ridiculous. You need right. somebody who's going to open their arms, you know? And if you don't have anybody like that, make someone listen to you. Find one person. Find a community, just like the one you're creating. Mm-hmm. You know, there are always things like that. And I find that it was easier to talk to strangers than friends because sometimes you don't want to offend people and you don't want, you know, and yeah. they mean well, family means well. And, but it's, it's almost like one time I was told, well, I lost a father too. Like just, you know, everybody loses somebody. Like how long is this going to take? You feel so offended mm-hmm. and you just get angry and you're like, You got to take that and just say, okay, you know what? They're obviously in a different place than me and maybe not take that and not be angry with that person. Maybe they just don't know what else to do and not, you know, and not, I don't know. We just kind of got to let that, let that go too, because you can Uh become, you can ruin relationships. You can do so much because when you do need somebody the most, that's when you look, people come to you. Like you said, you, you had support from people that you didn't expect. And it doesn't mean that those people didn't love you. It's just Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do. They don't want to offend you. They don't want to do the wrong thing. So they do nothing. Yeah. And doing nothing is is not good. I I think you should at least reach out. I've had so many people come to me years later and and say, I'm sorry. I just didn't know what to say. So I I said nothing. And, and And I said, well, it would have been nice if you had said something. Oh, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did yeah, say that. Because that's not the answer. Yeah, because then you feel you feel that people are indifferent and that you don't matter. And then you feel more sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least say something. Even even if it's honest. And I don't know what to say right now. Yes. I don't know how to feel right now. I don't know how to help you right now. But I want you to know that I'm here if you need me. Yeah, just show up. Yeah, just show up. Exactly. That's what friends are for. And that's what family's for. And that's why we pick the people we pick in our lives, you know? Yep. So what is your biggest accomplishment? Like, I know you're doing so many things. Like, how do you like, is it internal, external? Is it to do with your business? Is it to do with your home life? Like, what are you most proud of right now? Wow. Yeah, the last year, probably year and a half now, has been the the pivotal time uh and yeah i got to a place i went on a gratefulness journey about a year ago and a forgiveness journey and that just changed everything it changed everything it turned uh, turned it all around for me um 
And that's when I decided to become a coach. That's when I decided to, to go on this venture. It was the most freeing thing I've ever done. Um, and just, just, and I don't know if people know what a gratefulness journey is. It's very easy. You just are very conscious about what you're grateful for. And that can look like anything. Some people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is write down three things they're grateful for, or it's the last thing they do in the day, you know, right before they go to sleep, they write down five things they're grateful for. What, however that looks like to you or feels good to you, um, I kind of do it throughout the day. If I, if I feel myself getting angsty or frustrated or go to the negative side, I'll say to myself, okay, that's, that's okay. But remember, you just got a job. You just got a, you know, and I'm a, I'm a realtor. So, you know, you just got a listing or you just got a paycheck or, you know, whatever. And, and so, and I'm really grateful for that. And, or sometimes it won't even be that it'll just be, I am so grateful. I have a roof over my head. I have a house. I have beautiful children. I have a car I can go from a point A to point B in. You know, just, just being conscious of what the good things that we have in our lives that make our lives easier. Um, I have money for groceries. I am so grateful for that. Thank you, you for know? explaining what, how to do that the right way. Because sometimes I've heard people talk about gratitude. And instead of uh -huh. saying some of the things that you're saying, I hear things like, and we're just learning how to do this, right? And I hear things like, well, there are people worse off than me. It uh, becomes about other people. So it's almost like this person oh. doesn't have this. And I, that's not being grateful. What you describe right now is perfect. It's like saying what you have, be grateful for you have, not over other people, not bringing other people, you know, and that's important to explain because when you're on this journey of gratitude and you don't really have any leadership with it and you're not sure how to do it, it's very easy to say, um, today I'm grateful that I have more than so-and-so, or today I'm grateful then, you know, that becomes a selfish thing. It's opposite of gratitude. So I love that you're doing that. I think I need to go on one of those journeys and um, I love hearing you talk about it because you're giving me ideas, you know, <laughs> I think it's great on how to do it because I haven't done that. You know, I've tried to, but I haven't really made the time. So I think that's important. I, I enjoy well, what it doesn't take a lot of time either. That's the beauty of it. You know, it really doesn't. You don't have to spend hours, thinking, you know, it just and what it does. There's actually a physiological thing that happens. It actually reprograms your brain to be lighter and, 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 you know, to be more positive. So emotionally, you can start looking at the world a little bit differently and, and have joy coming out of you instead of angst. And that's, that's the goal really. Uh, and then the forgiveness journey is really, like I said, we think it's about forgiving other people but it's really about forgiving us. And that's a whole other story. So we'll, we'll <laughs> probably get it. We can get into that one. Um, but, but to just go on, a, a, just to realize you're, to take responsibility for whatever your part was in it. Like I could, I can play the victim role where, where my husband is concerned. And I can say, 
you know, he did this to me and he left me like this and I'm so angry about that. And, or I can say, I should have been a little more proactive. I should have asked more questions. I should, you know, I had my part in it too. I, I turned a blind eye. He, you know, he said some things that kind of made me say, huh, why did, you know, why did he say that? And I should have, I should have explored it a little bit more instead of just being a princess and thinking that everything was fine and would be fine forever kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I, I should have participated more in, in that um, so that I wasn't blindsided and, and I shouldn't have, you know, let him handle all the money. I just handed all that stuff over to him and I didn't think about it. And, and that was, you know, hindsight of course is 2020, but I shouldn't have done that. I should have, you know, saved some for me. I should, because I'd always been, uh, you know, alone. And a, like I said, a single mom and took care of my own finances. Why didn't, why did I stop doing that? You know, I, I mean, I had my part in it and I had to forgive myself for, for doing, for being ignorant or whatever it was that I, you know, participated in there. So, and it takes a big person to realize that, you know, but part of the forgiveness too, is to now, once you have said that, what you just said is to say, and I forgive myself for all, for not doing all those things too. You know, that's part of it too. I did what I thought at the moment and that's okay. Things played mm -hmm. out the way they played out. And I could say, you know, yes, I should have done this. I should, but that's part of the forgiving part too. That's another level, right? Where mm -hmm. it's yes, take responsibility for your part, but then be okay with that too. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, embrace and process, embrace and process. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your thing? Yes. That's going to be in my new mantra. <laughs> yeah. I love that actually. <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see all these things that you're going to do and all the people you're going to help. And I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, we say that so lightly, but you know, there was a podcast once that helped me and just the community that you're creating. It's yeah. yeah. Well, it's emotional safe And, uh, that, and then if, the, if anybody wants, you know, to participate in my course, when that gets launched in another month or so, um, you know, I've got that. I've got, I want to do some group coaching. I want to, uh, I'm available for one-on-one -on -one coaching. And when we get back to normal, uh, what I really want to do is retreats mm. and workshops. And I've partnered with two other women and we're going to, we're working on doing a workshop in 2021. So yeah, I'm going to be out there. So yes, they're amazing. You just had a summit and oh my God, if you guys haven't checked it out, we should put the, can people go back on and watch now? Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. We're gonna um, put on Facebook, there's a page called women exclamation point emotions, identity, and love. And that's another community that we're building as well. Uh, and have just gotten such incredible feedback on, on yes, that. It was so phenomenal. Good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we do a, we a weekly webinar at, um, currently it's at on Friday at 10 o'clock mountain time. Uh, but, uh, we're going to see if, if we need to change that time. It's, it seems to be a little bit of a hard time for people to participate, but we get a lot of people watching the replay. So 
yes, th those are out there uh, on YouTube. You can, um, we have a YouTube channel with all the webinars on there too, if you wanna watch those there. So yeah, we're, we're out there and I am, I'm out there. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to help, especially now with so much loss around us and people struggling so much. Um, this is the time for, for me to be out there helping and doing what I can because I do have a servant's heart and uh, I do want, I care very much about people and I, I, can tell. I don't want people to be alone I can uh, tell. through their journeys if they don't have to be, so. Thank you so much. I'm here for you. Yeah. <laughs> is there any here for you <laughs> as best I can. Embrace the process. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Embrace the process. Embrace the process. <laughs> You're a lovely lady. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> this was really, really fun. Oh, maybe we can uh, do this again and we can talk a little bit more about the forgiveness part. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, you're welcome on anytime, anytime. I love it. Thank okay. you so much for, for helping everybody today. And for those of you listening at home, um, I will put it in the show notes how you can reach Vivian and follow all the amazing things you're doing. And if you want to be a part of her community, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was lovely to speak with you today. And it was so good to see you. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.